Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy New Year, Edwin. Happy New Year, Andrew. 2023. How did that happen? It happened in the blink of an eye. Have you recovered yet? Um, I'm sure I am recovered. <laughs> speaking in faith. Speaking, speaking in, in faith. faith. There's there's uh, n- there's nothing like feeling out of sorts and out of time when you're recording for the new year back in the old year. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know, by faith, we've come to a new year. Yes, yes. And uh, this uh, episode is powered by some coffee generously what? given to us by the Text Talk fans. Yes, thank you so very much. Yes, thank you, it fans. It is delicioso. It is delicioso. And this particular flavor, I even looked up what the word meant. Yes. La bendición. Yes. And all of our Hispanic-speaking friends automatically know that means the blessing. Absolutely. I, the, the Italian-speaking friends may get there as well. Oh, is that Italian? I think it actually is. Uh, well, I did Google <laughs> Translate in Spanish. That's what. It's, so maybe it means something completely different. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it means the blessing. <laughs> and I'm just feeling doubly blessed today. Maybe triply, because you know I'm a Christian. I'm getting to do text talk with my friend Edwin. And we've got some fans that are loving us and sending us uh, wonderful coffee gifts anonymously and just making the day a bright day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Psalm 71 is how we're kicking off this new year. Continuing on. new year. Quadruple blessed. Kicking off this new year in (laughs) Psalm 71. All right. There's no heading on this one. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that, but let's just go in here in the ESV. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So, even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens, you who have done great things. O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again from the depths of the earth. You will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. 
I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. A lot of great notes in this psalm. One of the ones that certainly emerges to me is the idea of a faithfulness and a praise to God that is absolutely lifelong. Yes. Uh, there is a lot of attention paid to age, uh, the, the gray hairs, and, and a willingness to praise God even throughout those years. I was young, then I was old, and here here we've got, Lord, you, you were taking care of me when I was younger, don't forsake me now that I'm older. That's clearly some a, a, an aged person is writing this psalm. You know, a couple of things about that. Number one, uh, I hope that throughout my life, from youth to uh, advanced age, I never lose a heart for God and a desire to praise Him and worship and honor Him. But maybe the other thing I'm seeing here is, uh, regardless of age, there's always going to be some type of enemy or hardship coming after me. You know, the, they say that there's two certainties, and that's death and taxes. Um, but when I'm reading these psalms, and particularly this Psalm 71, it sounds like the idea of, of, of enemies or adversaries, and those may look very different in different seasons of life, but we don't get that full peace in this life, which gives us something to look forward to in heaven. Well, we're looking forward to that. In fact, that may come up a little bit later in our conversations this week, uh, some resurrection talk and mm. some some hope that we have for the future. One of the things about this psalm is this psalm clearly calls back to plenty of other psalms. The very first three verses come almost directly from the first three verses of Psalm 31. I thought it sounded a little familiar when you were reading. Yeah, so we find just very little difference. In fact, the one difference that's quite interesting, as the ESV put it in verse 3, "...be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come." Uh, the the term that's there that they use to make that I think I think the term is like my habitation so it's not just the idea of I've come to it but now I'm living there I'm dwelling oh, there I'm there okay. continually okay so that's that seems to be the one difference so in Psalm 31 it's be the rock I come to whereas now as we've got this fellow who's in his age and older yeah it, it, either there's some kind of manuscriptal trouble here or maybe just purposeful uh, a lot of the the commentators I read talked about yeah there's obviously been some slip of the pen or something. Uh, but one guy pointed out, I don't know why we would think that. Maybe a fellow who is writing in his old age makes a purposeful choice to talk about continually coming to this rock. That made a whole lot of sense to me. Well, that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> so, and, and really, I appreciate that take on the psalm. Uh, if if it is David, I you know I know one of the things we were talking about is that there's not a heading on this one, so yeah. maybe we should not assume it's David. But you know, for the sake of argument, let's say it's David. Say it. Okay, so it's David, and uh, and and David's been writing psalms from the time he's very young, and now he's very old. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot of overlap in this and some previous psalms. And I think about uh, even musicians today and artists today that when they come back to their work and a previous recording, and maybe it's 20 years later, 30 years later, and they want to re-record that, there's a, there's a different uh, sound of the voice. Sometimes they'll do a slightly different arrangement of it. And uh, it's still great lyrics, but it's sort of, the, the, they're, they're full of a richness of a kind of a different meaning or a different texture of meaning. Mm -hmm. 
now because of the experience of the of the intervening time. Yes. And it's a powerful thing. Yes, it sure is. That that can happen with age. Our outlook, our perspective shifts and changes, and so here's the same message, but uh, we want to bring to it a, a, a different flair, a different yeah. nuance because of where we are in our life. I, I think that happens here in Psalm 71. There's another, let, let me, let's take that as a springboard, talking about shifting perspectives, shifting yeah. viewpoints. viewpoints. I think it's important, and I, I really think it's important in this Psalm for us to consider a shifting viewpoint between this ancient world and our modern world. Okay, like a, like a cultural thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the difficulties, Andrew, is to recreate in my own mind an outlook and a viewpoint, a perspective, a way of seeing the world that is different from my own. Sure. So here we are in our modern Western world. We drink the air, we drink the water, we breathe the air. It just, we just, it's just here. And we Mm -hmm. have a certain outlook and perspective in this modern day, especially here in America, that is distinct from the way our ancient counterparts viewed the world. And what that means is sometimes if we read into the text our own perspective and viewpoint, we may be missing something. Okay. And I think something comes out of this psalm where that's important, and that's surrounding the concept of shame, shame and guilt. All right. So this psalm begins, in you, O Lord, do I take refuge, let me never be put to shame. And in good inclusio fashion, it ends, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. So it begins with, don't let me be put to shame. And it ends with, but let them be put to shame and smack in the middle. Verse 13, may my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. Boy, that sounds an awful lot like what we were reading last week in Psalm 70. Oh yeah. Um, but be that as it may, you were talking about culture. Well, so. I think this is important. Like Psalms, starting in Psalm 68, this whole set of Psalms here seems to focus on this concept of shame. That's why okay. I thought it was important for us to bring this up. And okay. we may have to talk about it over a couple of days. But for us, we are very individualistic. In the West, in, in the West, and today. today, we are very individualistic. I agree. And, and what, what that has prompted is that when we think of sin and guilt and shame, mm-hmm. we tend to think on a very individualistic basis of, of guilt of justice, mm-hmm. of of legality. Yes. You know, even though we use words like covenant, we actually think more in terms of contract. We so do. so guilt guilt becomes I have broken a rule in mm-hmm. the contract. Yes. And shame in so when we think about shame today, so if we were to talk to psychologists or counselors, a very common distinction between guilt and shame that we would hear today is guilt is I have done something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. Mm-hmm. Notice how both of those definitions are about me. Yes. It's focused on me as the individual. Either I did something wrong or I am something wrong. In the ancient culture, not individualistic, very family, very tribe, very clan, very group-oriented, when they thought of sin and guilt and shame, they really did think covenant. They thought of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so for them, sin was not breaking a rule, but betraying a relationship. Yeah. So it's not that I broke a contract obligation, it's that that I betrayed a covenant relationship. 
And then the shame then is not so much about how I feel about me, but how I reflect on that relationship and how I reflect right. on the others in that relationship. So like how I reflect on my tribe or yes. how I reflect on my family. Yes. And if I do something that is against the uh, rules of the community or God, then then it's going to bring shame and reproach upon my whole family. Yes. And, you know, kind of a, a, a contrast. Let's, let's take it outside of the personal family type thing. Let's just talk about like a company on the job. Okay. So if in today's world, if in my company I embezzled money mm-hmm. and I stole from investors and I went and, and did some things with it and lost the money, in our modern world, we would say Edwin broke the law, he did something, but in the ancient world, that would actually reflect on the company. Yes. And there would be that idea. And, and Look, I'm not saying one way is better, one way is worse. I'm just saying it's different, the way they viewed things. But in their ancient world, what they would point out is, well, what's wrong with that company that it's set up in a way that he could get away with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah he did that, but there's something wrong in the company if he could get away with that for a while. And so yeah. that, that's the difference in viewpoint. There, And not that there is no sense of shame, even in a highly individualized society. I think even in the illustration you give, brands can get tarnished. Sure, sure. And they have to kind of rebuild trust oh, yeah. in, in a situation like that. Uh, I, I, you know, one of the things I'll just add to the conversation, I recently read a book called The 3D Gospel. And one of the things that it pointed out was you don't have to go back to 2,000 years ago in Palestine to understand this shame culture. But in fact, that is the predominant worldview or culture of the majority world. And so when you go to the Eastern Hemisphere, when you spend time in Africa or even the Southern Hemisphere, uh, there is a lot of communities that are still organized around an honor and shame. And so when you violate law, it does reflect upon the family and it does reflect upon maybe the village. The group. Yeah. And And the relationship. And the th- and and so you know in this idea of individual uh, sin, I broke the law. I need justice. Well, when I've brought shame to myself, what I need is honor. Yeah. I need honor restored. I need uh, my shame to be covered and so to be made whole. Yeah. So here's where this brings into the psalm, and I know we're really out of time, but no, uh, when, when he says when he says shame at the beginning, at the end, he's not talking about some type of personal feeling. He's talking about how what's going on in his life is reflecting on the relationship he has with God. Mm-hmm. God, don't let me be ashamed. I have been trusting you. You. Right. I have been in relationship with you. I'm we, your community. I, yeah, we're we're in this community together. So don't let me be put to shame. And what we miss in our individualistic mindset is just about I don't want to feel shame. But what what this psalmist is really bringing up is if I'm put to shame, it reflects on my relationship with you. Yeah. If if you're the one I have been relying on, if you're the one I have been trusting from my youth now into my old age, and if you if if you forsake me now. That's that's going to say something mm-hmm. to everyone around me about not only me, but our relationship and about you. Undergirding this is the concern about how God is going to look in this situation. Yeah. It's not just, don't make me have tough feelings. Don't mm-hmm. let me have tough feelings about myself. It's really about we're in relationship and I've been relying on you and I don't want you to look bad. So yeah. don't let shame come upon me. Let shame come upon the enemies, mm-hmm. the the ones who. Really, what I want is when all this is said and done, we want everyone out there to know that choosing you, God, was the right choice, mm-hmm. so that others and the generations to come will also make that right choice. 
I appreciate it so much and appreciate you joining us this first episode of the new year of Text Talk. Send us your emails, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org or jump onto the group discussion at the Facebook page. But we're going to have a word of prayer together as we close today. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this new day and this new year and all the opportunity that it brings. Father, as we reflect upon this psalm here and we hear the, the words of a of an older saint and reflecting upon a life and a long walk uh, in obedience with you. We pray that we might take that example and think about how we want to make this year and what we want to do with it so that, Father, we might look back upon it and say it's truly a year that we walked with the Lord. Please bless us to that end to find the glory and honor that you only you provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.